You're listening to Metrics and Chill, where you'll learn how to improve key metrics that grow your business from companies that have done it before. In this episode, we're covering website conversion rate, the percentage of website visitors who convert by taking the call to action that you're offering. John Bonini chats with Adam Goyette, VP of Marketing at Help Scout, to learn how they improved this metric and how it resulted in growing their free trials by 6% and their demo requests by 56%. Enjoy the interview. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Metrics in Chill podcast. Today I'm excited to be joined by somebody that I've been friends with for a long time on like LinkedIn and Twitter, but this is the first time we're talking in like real life. And I just did air quotes, so forgive me for that. But I am here with Adam Goyette, who is the VP of Marketing at Help Scout. Uh, big fan of the product and the people over there. So excited to have you on, Adam. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, John. So Adam's going to kind of walk us through a little bit like the reporting function at Help Scout, what metrics they track, kind of like the practices or how often do they set goals, like is it top down, bottoms up, kind of give us some of the details there and then also talk about one specific metric that the team, the marketing team has improved over the last six to 12 months that's had a meaningful impact on the business and how they did it. But before we get into all that, Adam, I like to have all of our guests kind of just give us the quick rundown for you know, the few people who might not know who Help Scout is that are listening to this podcast, um, or folks that might be using a competitor that are listening to this podcast. Why don't you tell us who Help Scout is and what you guys do? Yeah, so we are a customer support tool for growing businesses. So we work with SMB to mid-market uh, companies, SaaS, e-commerce, uh, to help them with their support. Uh, and so the company's been around for about 10 years. If you are using a competitor, you are using the wrong tool, uh, hit me up. <laughs> I can get you set up with a trial. <laughs> Uh, that's my pitch. He's not playing games here today, guys. He's not playing games. No. I respect that. Uh, we're happy users ourselves at, at Databox. So. Um, great. So Adam, like I said, is VP of marketing at Help Scout. So he's going to be talking to us about the, the reporting function there and some metrics that they track on the marketing side. So uh, really where we usually start is like, how do you set goals? Which metrics do you track? So really, let's just start there. Like, how do you go about setting goals for the marketing team what inputs do you need from you know the exec team and so on and so forth like how does that whole function work at help scout yeah so as a company uh we usually work together as an executive team to identify what is our revenue goal what is a growth percentage that we're looking for for next year uh and that kind of sets the stage for a bottoms up kind of model to say like okay what channels can we expect to grow? Where do we want to make investments? Uh, how do we go out and actually achieve some of these growth goals uh, and look at it from from that regard? Uh, I would say like the tactics and the OKRs and all that sort of stuff is very bottoms up in terms of how we get there. Um, we do that on a, a, we kind of reforecast on a, almost a quarterly basis, right? Um, to understand like, what did we see last quarter? So we're not just blindly following a plan that maybe was set 12 months ago um, because right. SaaS moves so fast. And especially in startups where you're adding a bunch of people, different teams, you're starting to see wins in some areas or losses in others. Uh, so that allows us to move, I think, pretty agile in terms of adjusting goals and, and channels we want to be focusing on. Right, right. So you, so basically you have your revenue number that's set on an annual basis or is that... Yep. Can that be adjusted, or is, is yeah? It... So we'll adjust like the forecast um, of what we're expecting per quarter. Right. Uh, we have a goal for a growth rate we want to get to for next year. Sure. Um, sure. And so that's kind of set at the company level for the year, uh, but we adjust on a quarterly basis. Right. Okay. So you have your revenue number, your annual revenue target that you're trying to hit. Could be the forecast could be adjusted, but uh, the you know the actual rate uh, that you want to grow, the growth rate kind of might stay the same. Um, so then you kind of take that and, and back into some metrics 
and goals for metrics on the marketing side. Like, you know, some of the things you track that you've told me about traffic, free trials, demo requests, weighted pipeline, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of take that revenue number and then back into that. And you said that's more bottoms up. So talk about like what that actually looks like from a practical standpoint. Like once you have that revenue number, like right now is a good time to be having this conversation. It's December 8th when we're recording this, right? So Q1 is here basically, right? Yeah. Um, so you, you talking about your revenue number and then you're like scheduling meeting with the team. Is it more asynchronous? Like, are you talking about metrics that maybe you haven't tracked in the past that you're going to track goals for? Like, what does that look like once you have your revenue number from a practical standpoint to track all those individual metrics? Yeah. So from, from a practical standpoint, it's really then kind of reverse engineering. Like, okay, if our goal is X, um, and we know that uh, our trial to paid conversion, for instance, uh, is going to make or a tri- free trial is going to make up 70 percent of the revenue, the self-serve. Model, right. 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 Uh, and sales going to make up 30 percent. Then on the self-serve side, like how many trials do we actually need um, to get to that number? Right. And looking at it on a monthly basis. Uh, but it's super important for us to look at it on a channel by channel uh, specific specifically because um, channel conversion rates vary. Right. Like organic and direct. Uh, like obviously convert at a much higher rate for us than pay channels. Right. Uh, and so if we're going to factor in just trial growth uh, and if we look at it a blank number, uh, we could be way off because some of that growth might come from pay channels. So then we kind of say like, okay, where do we think we can have impact? Uh, what do we expect to have happen in Q1 of this year? What do we expect our organic and direct trial volumes to look like? Right. Um, and then where's the gap we have from there? Like, okay, it's 500 trials, let's say. Right. Okay. Um, Paid is currently doing 200 trials a month for us. So where are we getting the other 300 from? Can we scale paid at an efficient level? Uh, can we do more in organic direct? And then we kind of have those conversations and uh, as a marketing team to understand, like, how can we go out and achieve this? And that, and that is very much not me dictating it to the team. Right. Uh, it's ultimately like all of the team kind of coming together and having those conversations. More bottoms up. And that that's a, a great and important point that you bring up because especially with metrics like traffic, and for example, free trials or demo requests, you could either drive more traffic or you could increase the conversion to demo requests, right? And, and have the same result. So how do you, how do you and the team kind of have to, you know, manage that trade-off? Is, is it, do we think, is it more of like ease? Like we think we could drive more organic traffic easier than we can increase the conversion rate of demo requests because we know it's already at X percent and that's high according to the industry standard. Like how, how do those conversations usually shake out? Yeah, some of it is ease in terms of which we how we think we can win. Some of it's looking at the marketplace, right? Like paid is an example right. of a channel that's super competitive right now uh, for us, and we have a lot of competition out there uh, that has much deeper pockets than us. So like, there's only so far we can go in channels like paid. Right. Uh, we're just not going to outspend like a Zendesk, who's a billion dollar company. That's just not going to happen, right? Right. Um, and so. For us, it's about where do we feel like we have the most opportunity, the most green fields as well uh, to start to run into and scale up and feel like we can win a little bit. So tell me about like the metrics, like how often is the marketing team meeting to review performance? So, you know, you you set your quarterly goals. How often are you reviewing progress towards those metrics, traffic, trials, all that stuff? Like how often are you reviewing that as a group? So uh, we have a couple different kind of rituals. We have a daily metrics email that gets delivered uh, to everyone's inbox that shows where we are in the month progressing towards those goals. So it's looking at trial, it's looking at sales opportunities, customers, projected MRR. And so we're looking at that on a daily basis. Um, The individual teams are meeting weekly to kind of review their numbers and where they are with things. And then 
uh, as a go-to-market team, so our executive team, like our CFO, Nick, our CEO, our sales leader, uh, myself, we all meet once a month and do like a deep dive into what happened last month um, and what's coming up this month. And so that's where we go really in depth uh, to understand like what's happening on a channel by channel uh, basis. And then if you have to make an adjustment in terms of strategy, like usually that'll come up, I would assume maybe even earlier, right? In those daily metric emails, does that inspire conversation amongst the team if something's trending down or if something's way up right like does that inspire have you noticed that, that inspires convo and slack or in meetings yeah. about like where you're at 100 percent, yeah you know our growth team is responsible for the trials and so um ultimately like the mix matters but it doesn't matter right in terms of how we get there and so uh, i think they all feel a sense of ownership over that number uh and so if we're trending down because we're you know, running into headwinds unpaid. Uh, what could we do this month? Um, is there an email campaign or something we could adjust to uh, to make up for that gap? And so we're having those conversations on a weekly basis, I would say. Right, cool, cool. Yeah, so it sounds like, yeah, your a daily email goes out to everyone on the marketing team that gives them sort of like a, an update on the key metrics, which can you walk through again, like what, what metrics are included in that email? Yeah, we're looking at uh, free trials, um, our projected like trial to paid uh, sales opportunities, uh, our churn, our expansion. Uh, it's just like the overall financial metrics of where we're where we are today, uh, where we're projected to end the month, uh, and if there's any gaps or deltas there. Right, got it. So you have that daily email going out to everyone on the team that inspires some conversation, some celebration throughout the week based on how things are trending. Then you're having sort of like a monthly wrap up meeting with the executive team to talk about where you're at, how was performance this month? Is there anything that needs to be adjusted? Um, we're below the numbers, we're above. So uh, do I have that right? It sounds like that's that's sort of yeah. like the, the structure right now. Yep, and yeah, in that meeting, we do uh, a big uh, pre-read and pre-watch, actually. I'll record a video uh, before that meeting that we send out. So if the meeting's on a Tuesday, uh, we send that out on Friday. Um, and so everyone gets, here's the all the data, uh, here's a synopsis kind of video outlining what we saw. Uh, so that meeting is meant to be those hard discussions of, hey, right. where are we? Where do we have areas for improvement? Where are we focusing in on on some of these different channels that maybe aren't working as well as we hoped? Right, right. Cool. Yeah, I like the. Uh, I love the daily. We have something similar where we have it uh, automated through DataBox, uh, of course, um, where we automate like you know five metrics that we want to track on a daily basis right in Slack every morning. Um, just because that's where all the conversations happening anyways. And, you know, our team's distributed, people are on different time zones. So it goes right in Slack. And, um, yeah, it's similar to what you said, like, depending on how things are trending, that'll inspire some conversations based on like, oh, like this is working really well, or maybe we should try this instead. Um, and I feel like that, uh, that takes a lot of the burden off of everyone else from having to go look up how everything's doing on their own and kind of come to conclusions on their own. So yeah, I like that very like public automated, like daily update uh, for the team. Yeah, um, exactly. So I ask every guest that comes on, like the, the whole point of the show is like basically walking through one metric that your team improved over the last six to 12 months that's had a, a meaningful impact on the business. So yours that you're gonna share is website conversion rate. So this should go over really well. Obviously one that, most companies, most marketers are always trying to optimize. It feels like it, it's never good enough, right? Even if it's really high by industry standards, right? You're always finding, trying to find ways to, to, to be more efficient, right? So how did, how did you and the team sort of 
identify this as a specific opportunity when you were like, hey, let's let's zero in here and dedicate some resources to influencing this. Like, wh- why did that happen? Yeah, it, it kind of is when you reverse engineer the funnel and look at what's happening, um, you kind of point to the biggest gaps, right? Or, or areas where, hey, if we move this, you know, from 2% to 3%, uh, here's the actual downstream impact that would have. And so for us, we're lucky. Uh, got an amazing product. Most of the time when people get into a trial, our conversion rate is pretty high. Um, and so, you know, over 20% is kind of what we've been seeing in terms of like conversion there. And so we feel good about that experience. Right. Uh, when we look at the website, um, we've been around for 10 years. We have tons of content. We have tons of pages out there. Um, and so we didn't do a, We weren't doing a, a fantastic job of understanding the people, people's journey across the site. Right. And so and we get close to 500,000 people a month to the site. And it's like, hey, moving, you know, a small percentage uh, up in terms of website conversion for our traffic would have a really meaningful impact in the overall trial number or demo request numbers. Uh, and so that's how we kind of determined, like, hey, this is a big opportunity for us to focus in on. So basically, like your trial, your trial conversion to paid customer is around 20% or was around that before this, this, uh, this focus started. And so your conclusion there was like, that's, that that is really good, right? And so um, your conclusion that you drew and the team drew was that it would be smarter to focus more on basically getting more people into trials. If we could keep the same twenty percent conversion rate into paid, that 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 could be huge and that'll move the needle. Rather than focusing on maybe trying to get from twenty to twenty-two percent, yeah, you know, exactly. conversion, which you know comparatively isn't going to yield as much new business. So that's kind of where you identified is like, you know, how do we convert more of the people already coming to the website to a free trial where we already know we have a good uh, mechanism for converting them into an actual paying customer. Yep, exactly. Got it. All right. So 20% of people uh, signing up for a free trial typically uh, become a customer. What Before this focus on website conversion rate, what percentage of people coming to the website were actually signing up for a free trial? It depends on where they were in the site. We get a lot of blog traffic, uh, which it converts at a much lower right. rate. Um, and so we look at, um, we kind of break our, our site into a couple of different buckets. One is we look at what we call like uh, qualified pages, like qualified visitors. Uh, so people who are visiting, you know, product pages or the homepage and all these points where we have higher conversions or like points of conversion into the product. Uh, Because if you're on our blog, we produce a lot of great content, but some of it's very thought leadership, right? And so putting a free trial ask there doesn't make a ton of sense, right? It's more about engaging them, getting them subscribed to the newsletter. And so when we looked at just like the, the, quality sites it was over two percent um so it varied month by month depending on what we were doing with paid and some of these other channels but floating around that two percent conversion mark two percent that's the the entire marketing site no basically. that's on those qualified pages okay got the qualified page sorry okay so excluding the blog basically yeah got it okay so two percent uh website conversion to to uh trial and then a roughly 20 percent uh, inc- uh, activation rate from a trial to a paying customer. Um, so tell us about like, what were the things that your team did to try to influence the conversion rate on the website? Like what, what were the things that, um, you invested and decided to spend time on? So, yeah, the first thing was really putting together a team to focus in on this because conversion, your point is like marketers, a lot of times want to improve the conversion rate on the site. But who ultimately owns that? Right. And so it's a lot of times super cross-functional because like your brand team might own your website. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the growth team that's folk maybe doesn't own the pages. 
uh, product marketing is involved in, you know, messaging, positioning. Um, so it was kind of creating like what we call like the optimization squad, um, <laughs> was kind of the brainchild of uh, Jessica Green, who I know you've spoken with in the past, and she's an amazing marketer uh, on the team. And and so we put together a team. It's got a growth marker on it. Jessica's an SEO person. Um, we work with product marketing there. And so there's a bunch of different people kind of involved in that process that are focused in on these things. Um, and, and so they're running at that. And really, I started with identifying, like, where do we think uh, we have the biggest opportunity to start testing? Um, and so we've been testing um, everything from button colors to CPAs, <laughs> messaging. Um, uh, and really, where, where we saw some of the biggest lifts uh, was in personalization in terms of understanding who our buyers were. Um, because what happens is we sell to a wide range of customers, right? Um, and traditionally, if you're a smaller company, you do better within a free trial and self-serving, right? If you're a larger company, usually what happens is they might want to go free trial, but we actually see lower conversion rates to paid uh, for larger companies and a free trial experience. And they do much better when they actually talk to sales because you know they're switching from an existing product there's integration questions. Um, you know, they're trying to understand how they migrate all this over. There's a lot of co complexity there, um, and so we've uh, rolled out Clearbit Reveal uh, as a way to try to identify larger companies and give them basically specific CTAs. Right? If we know it's a 500-person company, we want them to talk to sales. It's just going to be a better experience for them. Um, and so that's kind of the, where we started splitting some of those traffic. CTAs and started to see some good conversion there because it just got a lot smarter in terms of how we were presenting that. Right, right. First of all, like that's great. You so see, you basically put together a, a squad to, to focus on this and all of it was internal people that were already on the team, correct? Or did you also hire sort of for additional skills? No, all, all people on the team. All right. So an SE, walk through who was on that team again. So Jack, who's our one of our growth marketers, uh, Jessica, who runs our SEO, and she sits on the content team. Um, and then we had a product marketer uh, on the team as well. Okay. And then they would work cross-functionally with front-end dev and, and design and stuff to, to design out any new CTAs or pages correct. or any functionality and stuff like that? Yep. Correct. Great. So personalization, you said, was one of the most effective things you did. So dig in more into that. What What is personalization? It basically just kind of really highlighting the use case more effectively like how did that how did that really uh, materialize in a, in a way that was meaningful? Yeah, it's um, highlighting the use cases. Also, the way we talk about Help Scout, right? Um, if we position it as you know help desk software for a small business, um, if you're a 300 person company, do you right. consider yourself a small business? Uh, probably not, right? If you're a 10 person e-commerce shop, like maybe. Um, and so I think part of that in terms of the way we talked about the product allowed us to adjust a little bit based off of who was coming in. Cause the reality is we support both. Uh, and so it's hard on a site through copy to really right. uh, distinguish like who are, who are we actually built for. Right. And people look to make that connection. Um, and so I, down to like G2 badges we're using on the site, uh, what logos we're showing, uh, there was a lot of different use cases in terms of how we wanted to start testing and experimenting with. And so basically, yeah, you're, and you're using that Clearbit data, like you said, to serve different CTAs or messaging to to the right folks. Correct. Yep. All right. So would you say the biggest thing that had an impact was like CTAs? Because I know you also said you tested some messaging, which could be, you know, what, I guess first define what messaging is. Cause that could be like an H1 on a landing page or the messaging could be the CTA copy. So like what was... What did rolling out new messaging entail? 
Yeah, so um, a little bit of all of it, right? So we ran a lot of experimentation. Um, I think um, from CTAs, we we tested and experimented with, um, do we lead with demo versus do we lead with free trial? Right. Um, how do we talk about free trial? Is it a seven-day trial? Is it a 14-day trial? Like experimenting with some of those things. that we What worked better there, about. demo or free trial? Um, so free trial will always convert better for us yeah. um, because most people don't want to talk to sales. Sorry, salespeople. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it was more about for us, like putting the right CTA in front of the right audience at the yeah. right time. Right. And so the personalization um, bit. Yeah. So versus like looking at, again, back to like tracking the full funnel, CTAs a free trial might drive more, but if you don't follow that all the way through, what you'll see is like, yeah, you get more, you get larger companies signing up for the free trial, but they convert way less into actually paying customers than smaller companies because of all the complexity as I just talked about. Right. And so, um, so it's really just get about smarter about filtering kind of our audiences on the site. Uh, and that was a combination of like the messaging, how we talked about the product uh, and, you know, this different CTAs we were putting in front of people. So would you use Clearbit data to basically serve demo rather than free trial to bigger orgs? Or did you also test demo or free trial to the bigger orgs too and see which one they converted on best? Uh, so no, we were using it to basically try to, carve out like which audience we wanted to go where and which path um, right. and so we were we were putting demo in front of that that audience that we could identify you knew, as yeah larger. you yeah. knew that yeah it, you're also probably not not just thinking about conversion at that point you're thinking about what's going to you know uh allow them or mm -hmm. enable them to become a paying customer they're likely going to need to talk to somebody on the team get set up um so that makes sense um on the i guess the smaller companies or the SMB or the smaller team side, when you're testing the free trials, you mentioned you tested seven day versus 14 day. What did you learn there? Yeah. Uh, 14 day seemed to work better uh, for us. We Shocking, also, right? <laughs> yeah. But we also put in, you know, but the behavior within the trial doesn't change really. Right. right. Like either they get in and they start using it right away or they don't. Um, and so that was almost like, um, it didn't indicate any like behavior change in the actual like product. Right. Uh, which is right. kind of one of the assumptions is like, if you put more of a time constraint on it, well, people behave differently. Like, Oh no, I only have seven days. I should, I should engage more right out of the gate. Right. And we didn't see any of that sort of behavior happening. Um, and so, yeah, we test, so we roll with a 14 day trial, uh, right now, uh, which I think is good for people, but we've also experimented with adding, G2 badges for more social right. proof, uh, which drove higher conversions, uh, adding in like no credit card required, uh, like all these little things, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, to experiment, to like make that, make that commitment of signing up for a free trial feel less scary, right? Right, uh, right. And feel like, oh, okay, like, you know, tons of companies are doing this. They're not going to require a credit card. Like uh, this company clearly knows, uh, has is like reputable because I think right. there's so many companies out there today and startups and stuff like that competing uh, it's hard to know who you want to actually like, right. like trust it and right. like which tools are out there. That even also like one thing I've seen work too when I when I ran growth at Litmus, splitting up the forms to sign up for a trial. Like at one point we had a one long form. You know when I say long, maybe eight fields. It wasn't crazy, but in there it did require a credit card. Um, but when people saw that, they would just be like, nope, they wouldn't even put their name in. Because uh, they would, yep. their eyes would scan down and see the credit card. When we split up into two steps, step one was first name, last name, email, company. Then you'd hit next. Then you'd see credit card info. And we were able to put messaging there why we're asking for credit card info. You could cancel anytime. You have more space basically to kind of relieve that stress. 
and the conversion rates like it, it was crazy like the conversion rates, rates went way up still asked for credit card but we just broke it up into a second step um yep. and then it's funny you mentioned like trial length we t- we tested a free 24-hour trial <laughs> because we, what you said, like everyone who would come in would either do something in that first session when they signed up for the product, they would either connect an e- or paste their code in there and test an email or they wouldn't. And it's like, why are we giving a seven-day, 14-day? Like, we're, it, It's either they do it on that first day and then they become a user or they don't. And yep. it actually didn't help at all. So people just yep. like, they like to know they have more time. Whether yep, they use exactly. it or not, they like to know they have more time. You didn't try like a thirty-minute trial. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Just, just get them right in. Like you have to do this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Your session starts now. Put a little clock or a timer in the you top right. Build at the end of this thirty <laughs> minutes. <laughs> giving you all ideas for the listeners. Yeah, put a timer yeah. on the top of your screen. See if that. We didn't interests. say they were good ideas. They're just ideas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah exactly. Uh, important, uh, important distinction. Uh, so, if there was one CTA that like worked the best. Or one combination for you know for one specific audience. Like thinking back, like what was there one thing that just like man, this like this specific CTA with this language, with this combination of like no credit card required, like this killed it. Was there is there anything that comes to mind like that? Uh, so what we found is uh, the the headline that works best for us is customer support for growing businesses, right? Because everyone. Uh, most of the companies that are using it are a growing business. And so it doesn't like filter anyone out. Uh, right. If you're a mid-market company, you're a growing business. If you're an SMB, you're a growing business, right? And so I think that was one of the big things. And then really like leaning into what are the three pillars from a messaging standpoint? We spent a ton of time earlier in the year uh, building out like a messaging house of how do we talk about the product? Um, and because previously, you know, it lived in the heads of our CEO and uh, different versions and variations on copy. And so we really made a big effort to pull that all together in one like document. And so rolling that out, like what are the key pillars of what makes Help Scout unique and, and makes people want to work with us? And really, it's like simplicity to start, right? Like you can get up and going in minutes. Uh, we can scale. We have over 80 integrations. Um, and, you know, we've kind of proven uh, companies build better relationships uh, with their customers using our platform. And so a combination of that as like our subhead worked really well um, because those are the, the three things like people really care about. Uh, and then leveraging, I think we use our you know G2 badges on, on the homepage as well um, to really drive home like, hey, it's not just us saying it, right? Anyone can go write this out, right? It's like, Every company, when you look at it, all says, you know, it helps save you time, helps save you money, right. help you do all these things. Right. But we actually have the the kind of backup proof of, hey, it's not just us saying it. We have, right. you know, over 12,000 happy customers right. are using right. it. I like that. So you have, like, the aspirational headline, the social proof, and the personalized CTA. So using Clearbit data to serve the demo to bigger companies and or serve the free trial uh, longer one, 14 day in this case to the smaller companies. So it sounds like those, those three combinations, um, work well, which isn't surprising when you think about it, but it's, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's so many variables and things you could test that, uh, it's easy to sometimes maybe miss the obvious things. I love that headline because even if you're not a growing company, you want to be, it's aspirational, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's like something like in Robert Caldini's book, right? Um, or positioning one of the one of those books, where they talk about like some of the best copy and some of the best language is is aspirational. It's things you know, 
I feel like the weight loss industry, right? That's that's their whole thing, right? Um, for the ads and products uh, for weight loss, it's, it's everything's aspirational. Um, yep. They know where you want to be, and and they you know they they're able to motivate people into buying their products because they they let you know they're going to be able to get you there. So um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So talk about talk about the numbers and what you ended up seeing afterwards. So um, what what kind of increases were you able to see in demo requests and free trials as a result of kind of segmenting and, and being more personalized in your CTAs? Yeah, I think the big thing uh, we saw a big increase in demo requests about fifty six percent. Uh, and wow. that's not just because of the copy, to be honest with you. It's because uh, we were just previously having like free trials, the main CTA and underneath, like, oh, if you want to talk to sales, click here kind of thing. So, right. like, it, so it's not an equal like growth. Right. And now like, right. giving it, uh, you know, shared spotlight in the, in as the main CTA drove a lot of that. Uh, but we also saw an increase of about 6% in terms of like the, the actual trials through a lot of this optimization. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. And so before you were seeing roughly, what'd you say, 2% uh, conversion rate from uh, website conversion rate for, for quality pages. Um, that that was for the trial specifically. Yeah. Um, and, and so you saw a 6% increase in trials and then 56 in demo requests. Yeah. So that's that's super impressive. So and that was over the course of how long? Like, was this a quarter? Was this six months? Probably, probably about six months. We've been yeah. running a lot of these tests and experiments, and we still have, you know, that team is still going where there's 20 more things they want to they want to test and run and stuff like that. And I think uh, we feel good about where the homepage is, and now we're focusing on like those other like product type pages and and delivering that same experience. So really, just like. Uh, kind of next page up in terms of like, okay, we feel like this is in a good spot. Right. Uh, where are the other points across the site where we have right. those conversion points uh, where we can optimize? Is there a specific number that you have in mind or the team has in mind that you're trying to hit? Because it seems like, like I said, growth teams are never satisfied, you know? But like, is there a, is there a certain threshold or a conversion rate that you're trying to get to for, for both trials and demo requests? What did you say before this call started? Double that shit? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Double everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, double everything. Um, no, I think um, there's not. I think it varies by page, honestly, right? I think it's 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 more about uh, not necessarily like an arbitrary number of like we want the site to be at five percent, but it's looking at the pages, to say like where are we today, uh, and how do we improve it, right? And maybe we feel like hey, this page is probably as good as it's gonna get, um, and so, or maybe it's like hey, this page is is converting at two percent, and we're not even doing a lot of the right things here. So let's focus in and let's try to get to three percent, right? And so. Right. Uh, I would say it varies. There's not like a site-wide necessarily goal. It varies page by page. Right. So just to sum up, basically you focused on website conversion rate because obviously to support revenue numbers, you know, you you, you knew that you needed more, <laughs> you needed more people converting into paying customers ultimately, right? And so you're looking at your conversion data, 20% of free trials convert into paying customers. That's really high. It's a great number. You didn't see, a, a you know, at least right now, a ton of opportunity into growing that uh, to, for that to be your lever. So you looked about you looked instead at driving more free trials in general um, from the website, you know, from from your different assets. Um, then in order to do that, uh, basically what you did was uh, the big thing you did was you personalized the CTA messaging across the website using Clearbit data. Bigger companies saw the demo requests. Smaller companies saw free trials. You tested some things there. Seven day versus 14 day. Sounds like 14 day was a little better. Um, added some social proof. And by doing these things, segmenting the audience, showing them more personalized CTAs with a little more social proof, updated messaging, you ended up seeing a 56% increase in demo requests and a 6% increase in trials across the board. 
Yes, correct. So I imagine you're you're in a pretty good place uh, in terms of like helping to support those revenue numbers. I know you can't share, but it sounds like you you you're in a good place to to kind of support the goals that you've kind of set out. Yeah, well, the fun thing about revenue is it never slows down, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're right. in a good spot today. <laughs> but when I look at six months out, uh, no, we're not in a good spot, right? Which right. is kind of, I think, drives home the importance of, you know, why focusing in on different parts of the funnel at different times and where you feel like you have the biggest levers is so important, right? Because right. Uh, I don't know many, like, SaaS companies that are just like, hey, we're at... 20 million we are going to be good. a 20 million dollar company like we're not going to shoot for 30 right like right. It, it constantly is kind of evolving and right. growing so um yeah well it sounds like you have the you have the squad in place and you have like the, the 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 practices the reporting practices in place to keep going so thanks man adam thanks for coming on and, and sharing and, and giving as much away as you did um this was super interesting so thanks a lot for coming on it was great to finally have you on yeah thanks for having me on it was i had a lot of fun Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.